Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. This is episode 99, and uh, I could not be more thrilled to have on my beautiful wife, Dunbar White. Um, She has been eluding me in this podcast for some time now, and um, I've been trying to get her on for over a year. Not over a year, that's a lie. I've been trying to get her on for the past year since I started this, and uh, finally got her to come on. So exciting to have her on the podcast. Um, I think you guys will love it. We talk about some of the big things we've uh, accomplished in the last couple of years and just kind of talk through, you know, the financial pieces of that. So hope you guys enjoy it. You know, mortgages, buying a car, um, just buying this house in general, uh, lots of fun stuff and a little bit about her background and career. If you guys, um, you know, maybe didn't know that about Kelly or uh, you just didn't know Kelly at all. And now you do. So Hope you guys enjoy. Uh, Before we jump into today's episode, uh, a few links in the show notes as always. Robinhood, if you want to get into investing, um, that's the platform I use for most of my investing. Um, If you sign up with a link in the show notes, you'll get a free stock when you sign up. Um, If you don't know what to invest in, I have a free resource out there now on the internet. It's called the COVID Stock Market Rebound Tracker. Um, the link is in the bio. It's the second link. And this is a full list of the companies I'm either invested in, looking to invest in, or are just keeping on my radar. It's a great place for you know anyone experienced, new, whichever, um, to get a good sense of the kind of companies I am looking at. Um, and last but not least, none of these are a sponsor, but Whoop uh, is not a sponsor either. And they are a health and fitness tracker that I have had on me for over a year now. Helps me track my sleep patterns, my daily strain. So strain instead of, it's cardiovascular strain instead of steps, which is, you know, the Apple Watch and and most fitness trackers use. Um, And yeah, it's really transformed the way I've learned about what works and what doesn't with my body. So um, the, with the link in my bio, you can get the strap for free. So the actual physical hardware for free, um, you can, and it's a membership service. It's $30 a month. So with the link, you get the strap for free and you also get the first month of the membership for free and they have a 30 day return policy. So if you don't like it, it's literally free. If you use the link in my show notes, um, you can return it before the end of the 30 days and you'll have not spent a penny. So click on that, give it a, give it a, uh, a try. And I think you guys will be impressed. All right, everybody. I am thrilled to have my beautiful wife, Kelly Dunbar-White, on the episode right after this. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening, and she'll be on very soon. Thanks. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. This is episode 99, and I could not be happier than to have the one guest I've been trying to get on the podcast for nearly a year. Uh, The funny thing is, she lives closer to me than any other guest possibly could. Uh, She's been avoiding doing this for, what, nine months? And I finally have my beautiful wife. Kelly Dunbar White on the podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you. You're also get a little closer when we. Okay. Okay. So this is our first in person podcast too. 
Well, your first in-person podcast. Both. Yeah. Okay. Both of us. Yeah. yeah. Both, you know. Um, we're filming this the night before New Year's Eve. Thought this would be fun to finally get you on right before the end of the year. So I guess we'll just kick it off. Uh, introduce yourself a little bit. Say hi to everybody. Oh boy. Tell hi everyone, everybody. Tell everybody what you do, a little background about yourself, just a little intro, like elevator pitch type thing. Oh, wow. All right. Um, well, my name is Kelly Dunbar White and I am a year younger than Shane. So I'm 28. I work for my family company that my mother and father own. It's called DBC Ingredients. Um, we sell things that are hydrolyzed vegetable proteins, yeast extracts, sea salts, um, pretty cool stuff. I did go to Purdue University for food science and then eventually went into agricultural business, sales, and marketing. So now I'm here. Nice. Drag Shane to Chicago and got him in the food industry. Can you tell everyone what a yeast extract is? <laughs> Oh my God. It's a flavor enhancer. Flavor easiest way enhancer. to say it. Yeah. Well, we should just maybe start off with, with that. So, and by the way, we have our, our cat found us. So she's probably going to try to mess with the computer and the mic and everything else. So apologize in advance for that. Um, we'll give everyone a little, little background on DBC. I think that'd be kind of cool to, to have everyone understand a little more. Just a little bit, just like, uh, you know, basically what it is, um, when it started, all that kind of fun stuff. Oh boy. Um, my dad has had this business going with my mom for now 30 years. Um, we represent only two companies. We represent BioOrigin and Basic Food Flavors. So we are a very small niche company that wants to make sure that we are very familiar with every single ingredient that we sell. We're not like that sales pitch where we come and it's like six pages long of stuff to sell. Right. Um, well, it's cool too because you guys are um, completely family run. Which yeah. before I met you, I never had met. Like I always hear family run business, um, but you guys have been in business for a long time, and it's truly just the family, which is cool. Yeah, literally, it's just me and then my dad, and my little brother, and then my mom. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's I really like cool. it a lot. It's interesting. It's funny to think uh, like how much time you guys all get to spend together. <laughs> if you yeah. think about it, even over like a year. Yeah. Let alone like a career kind of cool i know eight hours a day and then i still see them pretty much <laughs> saturday sunday so it's all the time basically yeah no that's really cool no, i like it a lot it's and definitely something that i don't know i haven't had to get used to it i've always enjoyed it a lot just because when i went to purdue i was there for four years and then we went to indiana for what two years so when uh, i got back i enjoyed yeah, spending every minute with them i still do do so. you um do you remember anything that happened at Apple that um, has impacted your work at DBC? Like anything that you like took from Apple that now you use every day in your day job at, you know, the family business? Yeah, hundred percent. If honestly, if I could give advice to anyone that's just graduating college, I would say work at Apple. Um, I did the, it's called ASLP program. Basically you do every single job at Apple to become a manager. So I mean, I was, I mean, I was number one in sales for a while and then I switched over and I was doing customer service. I was fixing phones. I was pretty much doing everything. And I think taking every single experience and feedback that I got from Apple has really made me who I am today, to be honest. I always laugh because I always, when people ask what you do, I always say um, either A, you sell sea salt or yeast <laughs> or B, I say you put out fires. 
because I feel like no matter what, whether it was Apple or at DBC, you, whenever I'm around you and you're working, it's funny because it just seems like all day, every day, there's just something going on that needs immediate attention that you're diving into, which is kind of a, I mean, it's a wild way to, to, to work, especially if someone like me, who I would say most of my professional career oh, yeah, has that. been behind a, a desk, a computer in Excel, and then maybe running to a meeting. And not that there's not emergencies, but like, and that's pretty much the day. Yeah, It's not a lot of on the phone with customers or clients. Um, that's yeah. one thing I don't have to deal, you know, deal with or see. I think I also choose to do that. I think that what separates a company from everybody else is their customer service. Um, like for example, Chewy.com, like we buy all their food from them because every time something is late or they ship the wrong thing, they always answer the phone with literally in 60 seconds and they handle the problem. And I feel like most of the time when I'm working at DBC and there is an order late or we're having production issues, I do pick up the phone. I do call them because I think the relationship is a massive part of a successful business. Do you think customer service specifically is? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I agree. No, I totally agree. It's funny because even the, um, there's been times just as Chewy for like to use Chewy as an example, there's been plenty of our cat is just trying to fuck with everything right now, <laughs> right like in front ADD of us. Um, no, it's interesting because something like Chewy and I do hear you guys use it at DBC. It's funny because there's been times where we've been like livid with Chewy. And we're like, you know what? Fuck this. We're like done with Chewy. We're going to go back to someone else. And then we'll call and they'll be like, oh, don't worry. We'll comp it for free. Also, by the way, like, what's your address again? We're going to confirm because we're going to send some chew toys and some this and that for your dog and your cat. And it's funny because I feel like they're one of the few companies that does it that way. Early on when I was at RX, we were that way, if you remember. Yeah, the surprise and delight. You, yeah, you, were, you would call them with anything wrong with one bar and we'd send you like three sleeves. I think you guys are still that way. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I mean, back then it was like probably a little more liberal, but yeah, uh, yeah. no, it does go a long way. It's funny because people talk about that. And mm-hmm. I think that uh, that helps in a lot of ways you don't think about immediately, or maybe it seems expensive immediately, but over the long term, that can really pay dividends. I think if people think of you as a brand 100%. or a company like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's literally the matter of someone picking up the phone and calling me and I can literally answer their question on the spot instead right. of them like sending an email and it being like, three days later. Yeah. Right. right <laughs> you know, right, when you right. buy something, you want to know where it's at, when it's coming and how much is going to arrive. Sure. Yeah. It's not, I don't think it's an insane expectation. Right. Is that harder? You think like, okay, Chewy is a huge company. When you call, there's God knows how many people waiting to pick up the phone for something like you. How do you guys balance that? Cause if one of you is not in front of the phone or if one of you is out of the office for whatever reason, how do you keep a level of customer service when you're such a small team? I think we just keep the issues minimal. <laughs> um, I mean, it's very rare that we have anyone call that's upset. And if they are upset, they're very understanding because of the relationship we have developed. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, Connor came on what last year? Yeah. And he's done a really Which, great job. Connor? Oh, my little brother. There you go. My little nice. brother. He graduated from Marquette. Um, he's done a really good job of, you know, just watching and learning. And I've been, you know, teaching him things I've learned from Apple and in my experiences throughout the years. And um, I mean, he does a really good job. He almost does a better job than me because he's got like that professional voice. Connor does have a professional <laughs> voice. If anyone knows Connor, you would, you'd pick up on that immediately. His voicemail is what gets me. It's so good and professional. It's like, <laughs> God, I, gotta, I need him to do my voicemail. That yeah. would be cool. 
Oh my gosh, you can pay them. <laughs> yeah, just have Connor's voice on my voicemail. Um, no, that's really cool. I think the other thing we we're going to dive into, not to totally bounce all over the place, is, um, you know, since this is a finance focused podcast, I thought business was cool to talk about. Um, you and I also have gone through some major life things over the last few years that I think it's funny. It'd be funny to hear your perspective because obviously I talk about things on here and I'm a finance guy. So it'd be interesting to hear your perspective, knowing you're not a finance person necessarily. Mm -hmm. You're good with money, but you don't, you know, it's not like your background. Um, so some major things have been like we bought a house. It was huge. Both our first time buying a house. Um, we refinanced our house this year. Yeah. 15 year mortgage. 15 year mortgage. And Did that in what, two years? Two years, yeah. yeah. And then we bought a car. And then, yeah, it was like your first car. It's my second new car. Yeah. So, what, maybe go back and start with the house, the first house. What did you, let's just say in general, think of that whole process from start to finish? What was it like? Because a lot of people that might be listening to this have never bought a house. Yeah. And maybe they want to, or maybe they're thinking about it. But what are some things that you learned by going through that? Um, just in general, just, you know, general advice or just what you learned that was kind of, wow, I have a lot of advice. <laughs> um, well, one, I, if no one knows, I'm very impulsive. <laughs> so when I see something I oh, want, no, no, no. <laughs> I normally, a get it or I get told no <laughs> and shit goes south. Um, no, I would say the only advice would be like, really take your time. I mean, it took me and Shane a year to find the house we're in today. Um, and we kind of got lucky on this one, even. Yeah, we got very lucky. Did you ever tell them the backstory? I don't think I've ever talked about it on here. I don't know. Long story short, um, we came to look at this house the day before it went on the market because we're really good friends, family friends with our realtor. And um, which is probably maybe a piece of advice, just in general, you, like getting a getting a realtor that you trust. Because I didn't think oh, about 100%. It, I really didn't think it was that important. And your mom, I remember your mom being thinking like it's a really important thing to do. Yeah. And when we got your guys' family friend, and like the fact that you could pick up the call, the phone, and he would be like, Oh yeah, let's just go over it. Like he could get us in the same day. Well, not, not only common, that, I don't think. Not only that, he gets you in houses that are not in the market yet. Yeah, right, 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 right. Um, right. so yeah, that's a really good point. Um sorry not to cut you off. Just no, it's that. okay. Um, yeah, so just long story short, he ended up knowing the guy that owned this house and uh we shook on the deal in the living room. Yeah, yeah. He was literally mowing the lawn. And, uh, yeah, we showed up. He, well, we were here for like two minutes and he showed up to mow the yard. Yeah. So didn't yeah. know there was a listing or that there were people coming to look at the house. Yeah. Um, I guess the other funny piece of advice is this whole time I did this process with Shane. Um, he's like, you know, this isn't it. This isn't it. This isn't it. And of course, we walk in this house. And the one that I didn't want was the one that he did want. And uh, is that true? Yeah, I was not a fan of this house at first. Well, I guess I kind of remember that. I guess yeah, I don't, I I don't remember being like gung ho. I mean, I was. You were it, it, so gung ho. I guess it's true because I would have never been okay with making a handshake deal because I'm not impulsive. <laughs> usually, sometimes I am, but yeah, that's true. I guess I kind of forgot about that. That's, yeah, you were like, "This is it. This is the one we're gonna be here." And I was well, like, "Absolutely not." Well, because I remember so our, our our realtors Andy Gagliardo and he. Yeah, and if you guys need him, let oh, us yeah. know. We'd Chicago, be more than happy. One hundred percent. But I do remember we walked into the guest bedroom in the basement. <laughs> And that's when he said, this is a good house. I'm going to walk away and go talk to, mm -hmm. we don't have to say his name, but the guy who owned it. And you guys need to think about it. And if it's, if you think this is the one, because he'd seen a lot of houses with us <clears throat> yeah. at that point. Oh my God. He's like, you guys need to go upstairs and make a deal. Remember? He was yeah. like, you need, we were like, wait, what? Yeah. Do you remember that? It was very intense. 
We were both like, oh shit, really? Then this one right now? Yeah. I mean, I guess that where it comes down to having someone you trust too, because, you know, he gave us a number and he's like, say this number. Yeah. And we didn't and... think it was like for the benefit of his commission right. off the house. That's you know? true. Like we were just like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like he he was very honest about like what we should throw out. Yeah. And he knew the guy. So he's like, if you do anything low than this, then he's going to think you're a joke, <laughs> which and literally would have happened. And want to wait because it was off the market. So that was, that's true. Like being someone new, that's why I think having a realtor you trust is so important because um, yeah, even just like going through that initial impulsive throw a number out offer. That's true. If he would have gotten lower, who knows, but he honestly could have been like, uh, the house isn't mm-hmm. on the market yet. Why don't I just wait a day or two and see what happens? And then, because yeah. a lot of the houses back then, and they still are today, especially ranches in the area we live in, um, they were really just uh, flying off the market before, like going above and they were selling for more than they were listed for. Yeah. Remember I mean, that? we lost to two bids, didn't we? Two houses. Uh, we lost two or three. Yeah, it was two or three. Two or three to cash deals, which just means, you know, <laughs> we came in with a bank and that we were going to take a, a mortgage out, so borrow money. And some of these other people came in literally with cash to buy the entire house in cash. Yeah. And so those deals always are better if you're a seller because you just get the money right away. You don't have to deal with banks and clearing things and blah, blah, blah. Um, so interesting. So, yeah. yeah, so that. And then what about just like, do you remember much about us I feel like this is something that people probably struggle with because there's not a great way to, there's not one right answer, but it's like, do you remember when we were talking about like how much we could afford? Yeah, I do. Cause you and I had like totally different perspectives on that at first. Remember? And then we like slowly but surely talked through it and got to like, well, I can let you talk. What Yeah. I would on. just say the only thing is like, <laughs> I knew that you were lowballing me on what we could actually afford. <laughs> so I just, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I guess if you're a girl out there listening, I would go like maybe 20K more than your husband says. <laughs> oh, that's a very specific number. I mean, yeah. From where you were, I was like, no. And you you want to be in your house for what? 10 years before you get your equity back? That's what they say usually. Five to 10. Yeah. So Depending it's not like you want to go buy like a $300,000 home and it's like a POS because you're going to be stuck there for like 10 to 12 years. Oh, like right. You put so a ton of money into it, you mean? No, just like in general, just oh. fine. Because I mean, if you are capped at or what you think you're capped at 300,000, oh, and then you can't yeah. do any work on the house. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So I w- I'm glad that we bought a finished basement ranch mm-hmm. and we didn't have to do a single thing to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, we redid the shower door, which is like very minimal. Um, yeah, we've done, we've done some things, but it was all on our, like we just wanted to improve it. We didn't have to improve it. to Yeah. It. So I would just say before setting a budget, I would go on the market and look at what you like and try and figure out. I mean, even go look at a few houses. It might seem like a waste of time, but at least you'll know, hey, I want a $500,000 house. This is what I can get for $500,000. And then you need to put like minimum 20% down if you want to have a life outside of that, depending on where you're at financially. Yeah. Because it really, Shane's really opened up my eyes with, you know, like the insurance on a house, electric bill, taxes. gas bill, taxes. Especially depend, depending on where you live. Somewhere I mean, like Chicago, taxes are nuts. Yeah. It's just so insane. All the things that actually go into a house besides a mortgage. And once you get done with all that, you're just like, oh, 
wow, <laughs> that's like a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, the, um, other, the other thing, I mean, I'm sure you might have hit on this, but because you're kind of talking about it is um, whatever that number is, depending on what your cash situation looks like. I mean, you remember this when we first got here, you don't realize, especially if you go from like an apartment or a condo to having a house with a yard, how much that stuff costs. Like yeah. I remember when we first got in here and all of a sudden we, we went and we wanted to get plants and mulch and going to Home Depot and being like, holy shit, how much is this going to cost? Yeah. Like- Honestly, no, this is a really good piece of advice for any person that buys a house. Literally just buy perennials and fill your whole entire yard. So perennials are things that will die in the winter and they'll come back in the spring and throughout the summer. Um, I mean, obviously you're going to have those like pots with the accent plants that are only going to last obviously throughout the summer and stuff. But I mean, I think one of the smartest things my mom had me do was we just like filled the whole entire yard with perennial and it was all very low maintenance. Um, yeah, I don't know. And then the other thing I consider is like, if you are going to have a dog, I mean, I had to research all the plants in the backyard because oh, right. if you literally have a puppy, that. they're going to eat everything. So yeah, I mean, that'll save a lot of money alone for sure. And just making sure you have enough left over after you buy the house to do some of this stuff. Like we got lucky. We didn't have anything major we had to do right away. Mm-hmm. But if you were, if you got into a house where you obviously like have a major project you need to do to like live in it, yeah. making sure you probably over budget for that. I think the other piece of advice that you and I learned pretty quick was um, getting a handyman. Obviously that <laughs> saved our asses when we had our issue but i mean we just got lucky in that one too we just started i mean i met our neighbor up the street and was just saying we wanted to i don't even know what it was we wanted to get something done maybe it was finish the garage wasn't it no i think it was just like finish the garage we had we didn't do it for a while we i wanted us to get quotes i think maybe Mm -hmm. yeah and that's when we got hugo's name yeah and then within a month our basement flooded and it was during the polar vortex when no like all the plumbers around chicago were booked for a week and so we had water literally in our basement and luckily we Yeah, knew. pipe froze and broke. I guess that's another piece of advice. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you empty your water lines or it will burst yes. somewhere in the house and you yes. will have water flowing right. literally everywhere with brand new furniture like we did. Oh my God. So many things. The, the other ones like cleaning gutters, like would have never thought that was a thing you had to do until the first winter in our house. I didn't do that. And oh, then I yeah. looked up one day. And it was, remember the whole gutter was clogged and it was frozen shut. Like, yeah, it was like, like pouring the, over the roof. Yeah. It was basically yeah. like the leaves clogged the gutter so the water couldn't drain. So then the water turned into one big ass ice cube all the way across the house. Yeah. And so then when it rained the first time, it just ran right over the, it was such a mess. It's funny how these little things happen that you just kind of figure out. Yeah. I always tell you, I've, we've talked about it before. I'm like, you think it'd be like a playbook somewhere of just like, hey, when you buy, like the bank would want to give you, because this is their investment too. And if you fuck this up, their investment could get fucked up technically. Like if you did something here, if we destroyed something on accident that we couldn't pay for, and then we had to either pay, paying for the bill or paying the mortgage, they're the ones that are going to not get their payment. You know what I mean? I do. I just think you, that. I'm just saying you'd think that they would like give you a little, they'd give you something that's like, about, hey, here's owning the house for dummies. Think how hard that would be. It was just like a general like book. What if, what if I'm like some... I'm not going to say high maintenance because I am high maintenance, but (laughs) what if you have someone that like does everything for you? Like, what if you already have a guy that like mows lawn and cleans gutters and cleans the house and you know what I mean? You skip those pages. I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't don't. Maybe I'm just talking out of my butt. I just think that Mm. there's, that would be a, yeah, it's something we should put together. A little helpful owning a house for dummies book. 
I'm sure they have that somewhere. I'm sure they, it's probably yeah. the other problem. I probably didn't look hard enough. I bet it's literally made by it. the book People that does for dummies. dummies. Yeah. <laughs> probably right. What else? Okay. What else was a part of that process that was either eye-opening or a good learning lesson or? Uh, I would say the biggest mistake I made was I was so excited that we got a house and I just like just started buying furniture like right away. And oh, now I, I look at <laughs> now I look at half of the pieces that I've bought and either A, I don't like them anymore because they don't really don't properly fit in the space, or B, um, I mean me and Jane obviously have a budget every month so that we can save for us and our kids and the future. Because you're in finance. <laughs> um and I don't know, like I bought like a TV stand at Target. I'm saying not saying Target's bad or shitty. I'm just saying the TV stand that I bought is not holding up. And that was like $200 and I could have easily saved money and bought a nicer TV stand. Oh, you know like what I mean? Yeah. Just, haul. it's just like, it's an investment. Like there's no way we will sell that for the same price it was because the back's coming off. Got it. Yeah. Yep. 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 That, that makes sense. So like, I mean, like for the girls, like throughout the rest of the house, my mom forced me to not be impulsive and I am so happy with how everything turned out. And like, I bought everything I wanted. You know what I mean? Like for the table that we bought, we bought a it's coffee a table. It took time though. That's, I think that's the one thing. Make sure like. Yeah, it's patience. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because I think that's something that we could have easily done. I'm sure a lot of people do is rack up credit card debt right away when you move into a house. Because I mean, you think about it, if you buy it, if you, but we have a, in general, a smaller house. It's a ranch. If you had like a two-story house with, you know, oh my God, tons of bedrooms and, and bathrooms and tons of stuff. Um, yeah, how easy would that have been to just like go to the store and like fill this whole house with nice furniture? Um, yeah, if you're not, if you don't have a budget, you don't pay attention. Then you just you could easily get in trouble that way. Yeah, you just have to be okay with some rooms being empty. To be honest. Yeah, and over time, adding pieces each mm-hmm. month type of thing. Yeah, and investing in your pieces. Yeah, that's a good advice. You know what I mean, like I, like you did a good job of, of like. I remember even when we we had months where maybe it was harder than others to afford something new. You found a bunch of stuff on like Facebook marketplace that are like really nice shit, especially like close to Chicago. Maybe it's even easier, but like we drive downtown. We've done that two or three times where we've gone to like Lincoln park and picked up a piece from someone who's like, remember like moving out of a condo somewhere else. We've got a table from there. We've got a couch from there. Oh yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Like really nice shit that would have been. I know, but I you don't more. know how many hours I spent on Facebook Marketplace <laughs> looking for. No, I'm just saying for people who you know maybe buy a house, that's a that's another way instead of buying it brand new. Some people just want to wait and get a brand new one, but I mean. Well, yeah, and I mean, if you're on Facebook nice. Marketplace and you see something that you like, you need to ask where it's from. Because mm. I mean, if you go buy a couch off of Wayfair, it's not going to last a long time. Right, right, right. I don't know. I would say buy all your furniture from Costco. Oh. <laughs> Well, I think talked just, about Costco in here before, just like the crazy return policy and the like. Customer well, not service only that, back to customer service. Yeah, not only that, I would say, but I mean, we got our love sack. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a lot of pieces. What is it? Um, it's like like ten seats. Like yeah, it's like ten. Like twelve backs or something. Uh-huh. Like, it's a big couch, and normally that couch would be like, I don't know, five grand. And we went through Costco because they have road shows. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I mean, we got that couch, a massive free two-seater love sack. And then we got like a free table, free cup holders, um, four free accent pillows, two free faux 
for throws. And I mean, we only paid like what, like almost three. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. It was like almost yeah, $3,000, like, which like, it sounds insane, what, but 40% off, something like that. Yeah. Like just cost was, I didn't even know they had road shows until I saw that. Yeah. And I was like, I Oh my knew, God. I only knew they did because of RX. We did a road show when we first got in. Usually, yeah. usually when you first get into a Costco, you do a road show. They still do road shows though. Yeah. You can do them. Yeah. 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 But you have to like buy a set. You can't just like buy a beanie. Yeah. It's a little know? more like yeah. you buy the whole thing they're selling, which yeah. is a Costco event, right? Right. They offer like, a few things in bulk mm-hmm. that's why they give better deals but, yeah um yeah that was a good one what about the general process of like working with the bank i remember that being kind of a headache personally maybe maybe i did more of the paperwork for us but i don't know if you remember that like um, how, you remember like how we were kind of like we we have a good relationship with our bank so that's why we went with chase but um see, this one's hard for me because i feel like you knew everything for the most part and you kind of took the reins on that yeah definitely and i i mean honestly if i bought this house by myself honestly i'm a quick learner i would learn how to do it yeah um but i mean you had it so i was like see ya (laughs) (laughs) i just remember being i remember always being frustrated because that's the other thing when you get the number in your head of like what it's going to cost out of your bank like the the specific number you're going to move out of your bank account to get this house like you know at the end of the day there's a number that's going to move i remember being pissed off because i had like crossed my t's dotted my eyes knew that number upside and down and then we went to the final thing it was more mm-hmm. and i remember literally had my i brought my laptop and i brought i got my excel sheet out i'm like what are you talking about that's not what it is and there was like all this shit all these fees that they don't tell you about so that would be the only other thing is like i hounded our mortgage lender mm-hmm. um when we refinanced it i really hounded her and i was like no, no no i want in i want you to like physically send me the paper i'm going to sign well in advance this time it, which is not something that's normal but i asked for it because i was like i remember last time coming to the closing table and being like well hold on that's not the number i had expected so that they i mean there's just so many things there it's kind of hard to talk about it on just one podcast there is so much yeah i feel shit like we're gonna have, into, have a second one there's so I could like go get our paperwork at yeah. some time and look at it because it was funny. It was like, what is this? What is that? What is escrow? It you really gotta like, you gotta like look honestly, through all this shit. It's like no different than having a job. I feel like everywhere you go in life, you need connections and you need relationships. And honest to God, without those, I don't want to say that. No, I'm gonna say it. life is definitely harder. Yeah, like well, that I mean, goes we, back to the customer service. We have thing. a newer we lawyer. Have, yeah. And, you know, it just, it just, I mean, God, we were blessed by God that we had an easy buying process. Um, Yeah. You just really need to know who you're working with because that's what makes it easy. Cause then you don't have to like, I mean, honestly, God, Shane, every time I bring out like contract to you, he has to read every single word on the contract. I'm like, well, if you don't sign the paper, they're not going to give us a table. So you're just going to sign it. But my worry is there's always something in there that you wouldn't want to sign. Yeah, I know. But then when we close on the house. I mean, guys, we signed papers for an hour and a half. Yeah, that's something. That's something that takes a lot longer it was, than you would ever expect. It was a book. No, and was there was no. That. It was a couple hours. It was. <laughs> but hours. I know. I, I honestly think it was three, but there was no way that you would have read through all that. I read through a majority of it, but luckily, I mean, we paid a lawyer to be there, so I was like, right. he, he's reading through it. He already read through this before we showed up. Yeah. So back to my yeah, point, right, you have to have right. a lawyer that you trust, yes, right, and you right, right. are there's like sign it, and you're like, okay. 
Right. You know? So you want to trust the bank people you're working with. You want to trust your realtor. You want to trust your lawyer. That's something funny well, too. Remember that was a whole thing. Don't well, skip no. on the lawyer. Yeah. Like literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But remember that was a whole thing where like, I didn't, I didn't know that you needed a, a, a lawyer to buy real estate. That was something that like, I, I don't even know. I guess like all the people I had talked to who had in different States even, um, cause I'm from Indiana, obviously. Um, <laughs> they didn't necessarily always use a lawyer. And here it was like everyone I talked to in Chicago was like, um, yeah, you definitely would not want to do this without a lawyer. It was just interesting. We do it right here in Chicago. <laughs> we do it right the first time. <laughs> but it's just funny. It's just funny, right? Like, I mean, that's something too that's, I guess, maybe a commonly overlooked thing by some people because you don't have to. We went out, we reached, it wasn't like the bank was like, yeah. you need to go get a lawyer. It was like the bank would have showed up that day and done the signing Mm -hmm. luckily we were talking to enough family and friends to know that like no you want to get a good lawyer so we did that but it's funny because you you wouldn't have to i would say out of the whole entire house buying process the lawyer is probably the most important oh yeah because he was the one that also so the lawyer also will handle when Mm. we bought the house there's something called an inspection i would say that's a that's borderline most important no. Yeah. No, I would say it's like tied with a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. True. Well, I think all of them are kind of important. No, they're I mean, all like, really like, important, like but if, that's something where right, someone would without just... Andy, we wouldn't even had the opportunity to get the inspector. You know what I mean? It's funny. It's all so important. Like all of it needs to be perfect, or it might not work. I mean, people can figure out whether they like the house or not. Like we didn't need a lawyer or not a lawyer, a realtor to be like, this is a great house. No, but I'm saying without Andy's relationship, he wouldn't have got us in to even see this. No, I right? know. So yeah, I don't know. Obviously. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, but they're all important. I don't know. They are all important. All I important. would just say if anyone was a skimp out on anything, it should not be the lawyer and or the inspection. Okay, I'm with you. I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you tell them the story of that um, one house where you ripped the railing off? Guys, oh, that's a funny there story. are so many houses out there that are flipped. And like, and, yes, and- there are some houses that are flipped and they're very nice and very well done, I guess, high quality. And then there are some of those that are not. <laughs> And obviously every girl is going to see like the new granite and the white cabinets and the gold knobs. And, um, of course I had to go see it. So we went to go see it and it was snowing. And you're, and you're talking like from Instagram, like not Instagram, sorry, from, um, Redfin. Yeah. Like it looked, it did look, it looked nice. It looked, on Redfin. It looked nice in person too. Like to the point where I was like, this seems too good to be true. Yeah. So- because of the city, like the town it was in is not good in general well we wouldn't go look at a house in a shitty area it was fine no it just wasn't bougie elmhurst according to shane yeah 100 <laughs> so anyways yeah. it was snowing out and of course we're walking throughout the house and our shoes are wet and on her way out <laughs> shane well, explain, fell explain the, like the way this house this house was kind of goofy in general no like, it wasn't it was like a normal curve in, stairway to, like, walk in the front door and like go up a set of stairs immediately oh yeah that was kind of goofy right to like the like main level yeah yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I guess you had to walk up the stairs to get into the first floor. Um, but yeah, long story short, on our way out, Shane slipped down the stairs and grabbed the railing and literally ripped it off the wall. Like, like the whole entire banister, like six feet worth yeah. of <laughs> oh like fell on my ass on the stairs with the banister in my hand. <laughs> and then everyone turned around. Well, it's not like you let go of it either. You were no, like literally holding it up like a five pound weight. I was like, well, I thought uh. it would save me. Like any other banister on the planet, you should be able to fall and hold on to it and save yourself. 100%. No. 
yeah, that was the moment we knew uh, you need to pull on all we the banisters. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I laughed. The best part of the whole thing was, you know, Kelly's laughing. My mother and father-in-law were there. I think Maureen and Mike were even there. A bunch of people went with us on that house. Yeah, And um, everyone's dying laughing. And our realtor doesn't even laugh. He just looks at me, smiles and goes, don't worry, I'll call and handle this. <laughs> and oh then he God. laughed. He's like, I'll take care of this. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's lots to it. Um, you know, I feel like it's one of those things you can do all the research in the world, but at the end of the day, you, you know, this, listening to this kind of stuff, doing the research helps, but you kind of got to go through it yourself and, and figure some of it out. Yeah. I think well, having you know, people you can pick up the us. phone. Yeah. I was going to say, if you're listening to this, like we're always here to help, we, we can help anyone. So, yeah. you know, as a listener, please, you know, you can reach out to either of us and mm-hmm. uh, we'd be more than happy to help. Yeah. It's an easy one. Um, so that's homes. What about uh, anything else? This sh- what about? I guess I would say like. Um, I mean, the car. I, it's funny. I'm talking about the house. The car was easy. I, that was a very. I would say the only difference between the car. I feel like there's more negotiating on the price of the car than I oh felt my like, God. like the house is. It's definitely a negotiation. Buying a car is a nightmare. This Guys, one? we walk. Yeah, we walked into like two dealers. Yeah, we walked into like I mean, twenty houses. Yeah, but I'm saying like what we're 28 and 29 now. Yeah, we just turned this November, and. God, no one would help us look for a car because well, we don't look like we can afford a car. And also, I walked in like looking like a homeboy. Like I think I had workout shorts on, a backwards hat. And... Shane's like typical douchey workout outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it douchey? I don't know. You just you do some. I wasn't. I probably things. was not matching, and I probably was sweating. You probably took still. a sweatshirt and cut off the sleeves. I don't know. That's probably exactly what. Oh I was my going god! With. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no one helped us and yeah we walked around for like 20 minutes and looked at like cars went in the went inside the building where yeah. all the people the salesmen are there mm-hmm. this is pre-covid too like no masks like we're just walking around yeah no i mean i honestly this is from feedback this is not like self-loathing like i am very good at negotiating you are really good at negotiating and like one backing, of the best actually backing down on a car price was not my top priority i guess so these guys were just not having it no. So I literally was like, you know what? I'm gonna bring well, it, I'm gonna bring in Paul and Anne. <laughs> well, also we we did our research, and so we knew how much the car we we're looking at was worth. We knew they were selling for. We also have a fan of one of my best friends works for Toyota, so yeah, it was like we knew the ins and outs and what they have. Like we just knew so much information that we were like, dude, you cannot slip a quick one by us. Like we're not gonna. You're a fucking idiot. Yeah. So I guess the moral of that story, which is what I also learned from my mom, is you have to walk away and they will call you mm-hmm. like they did. Like I wanted a God, I had to have the sparkly white Toyota four runner limited edition. I had yeah, to have it set on the sp- and they specific. only had just a plain white one. I was like, no, it's gotta be sparkly white. Yeah. You were very specific on this. Like exactly. I knew exactly what I wanted. wanted. And I was like, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I'm going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just not going to settle and go buy a car. Just I need a car. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like well, it's a really big investment. I think I've talked about it on here a little bit. Cars are interesting. You and I have a little bit different perspectives on cars, but in general, if you're going to buy a car brand new, my two cents is, uh, well, depending on where you are in life, but I will say Toyotas are one of the few brands that I would be like, okay, yeah, th- this thing, la- well, these last forever. So buying a brand new Toyota, like our plan all along was we're going to buy a brand new car and we, we're going to keep this one forever and run it into the ground. It'll be our kid's car someday. Yeah. And I so, mean, that's what my parents did. And so, yeah. So it's like, that was why we went with what we went with. Um, 
but yeah, we went to two different dealerships. And the funny thing was what we got, we ended up doing was we ended up having them bid against each other. If you remember that, do you remember that? I we don't the, remember that. No. So we went to the one in Elmhurst and then we went to the, that's the one we walked out from because they were kind of being assholes. And then we went to the one in uh, Naperville, yeah, Naperville. That's when we ended up buying it at. And we told them the price we got at Elmhurst. Mm-hmm. And so we mm-hmm. kind of, we walked in, we're like, honestly, I think this actually ended up helping us. We walked in and we said, we don't want to waste your time. We don't want to screw around with prices. We want that car, specific one. We know it's worth this. We'll offer you this. Elmhurst said, well, they'll give us this. And we put the number on a piece of paper and we left. I don't remember leaving. Yeah, we left. And they, they didn't call. And then finally they did call and we mm-hmm. had some back and forth over the phone. And then we drove that night and went in and did it. And oh, yeah, night, you're right. You're right. You're you right. Know. So, I mean, that's that's a good piece of advice for buying a car at all is like have a number you're ready to walk away from. Yeah. We literally physically gave, wrote a number down on this paper and hand it to them. Yeah. And said, if you can do it for this price, call me 24-7 at this number and we'll come back and we'll get yeah. it. Yeah. Well, we did. Think- Remember they called and they said, well, I'll give it to you for that price if you come today. And we're like, yep, we'll be there. And I we remember there. them being a little bit higher than what we wanted, but I think that he had a benefit of the doubt because they had my white sparkly. I think we limited. If edition. I remember, well, I know for sure it was we, the only one left. Remember that? But it might have been a little bit higher than our number. But we instead of just taking it, we said okay, but and they threw in, um, they threw in the extended warranty. They threw in some other stuff that yeah. we like negotiate. So things that like necessarily didn't necessarily cost. Yeah, no, no, no. So they were I, higher. Yeah, they were higher than what we wanted. But then we're like, okay. Throw in the free, I think it was a three-year warranty. You know, like free oil changes. They threw in some extra stuff. I remember like I did the math and what they were throwing in for free. Yeah, essentially. They canceled each other out. They canceled each other out and we were going to get those anyway. Yeah. After we bought the car. So we were like, well, screw it. That's fine. Yeah. So I don't know. Any major advice on that? I mean, that's kind of what we did, but. Um, I don't really know. I don't think. There was much to that. Yeah, it's a lot right. simpler than the house. The house, starting with the house. Was yeah, after way more getting of a, a process. house, it was everything is going to sound easy. Yeah. Except when we buy our next one. Yeah, I'm sure. Trying right. to sell this and buy another one. Will yeah, be they always say buying your first house is the easiest because yeah. you don't have to sell another one. Yeah. That process will be a pain in the ass, I'm sure. I really don't well, think. Well, maybe not. This one might sell fast. I think this one will actually sell really fast. Yeah. But we'll see. I think so too. And we're taking good care of it and we're doing things to it. So hopefully that yeah. all helps. I would say if you get a house, just get a cleaning lady. Life <laughs> is so wonderful. <laughs> well, and get and get like a lawn care. Like haven't you enjoyed that? We just got, yeah. so we've owned the house for what, two years? And Shane just finally decided that he wasn't going to mow the lawn. We were going to get a guy that was going to, you know, cut down the perennials, mow the lawn, take away the grass, do the fall cleanup. Now I'll say that's one if you can get a good, like, like the first few guys we talked to, were kind of expensive the guy we end up being again is a family friend <laughs> see it's all about connection and so the price was a lot better that's why I, like like i i always weigh in in like my uh what's that called um like i forget there's a term for it but it's like a time valuation so i'm like you know it costs x for this a week if i was to go out and do that is my time worth more or less than that and so i was like yeah you know and for me, it was like, you got to take care of the lawnmower. You got to fill it with gas. There's other things like bagging mm. everything. Like, Wait, what was time. that thing that you had to take apart and replace? The Was it on the snowblower? Or snowblower. That on... Oh, okay. I sucked up a mat. I don't know. I, I'm convinced that if I sat Shane down and had him like add up. Okay, guys, yard bags from Costco are so expensive. 
cheaper, Do you remember that? cheaper at Costco than other well, places. Well, yeah, obviously, but there were still really expensive. I was really shocked. And then I don't, we, my parents gave us a lawn more. What if we had to go buy one? Yeah, right. Well, it all costs money up front. You know, right? and then like, but I'm sure I bagging done, grass I is, imp- <laughs> I've never done it, but. Oh, you haven't? You should try it. It's fun. <laughs> you should go. Um, well, I have, I, I should go back this year though, and then compare it to, um, like compare the total cost to what, yeah. it, you know, what it was last year, but yeah. um, definitely saved me a ton of time. It was nice too. They edge, they blow everything. Like, I mean, it, it's, they do a job in 20 minutes that yeah. takes me two hours. I mean, we on a small house get compliments all the time now. Yeah, Remember they nice. said that we, her neighbor's like, yeah, yeah, the greenest grass in the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> and that's if you value, you know, the looks things, but. Well, that's what sells your house. True. That's true. You know, they say, they never say, no, they never say sell your house on the day you want to sell it. They say sell it Uh, every day. That's smart. Because people drive by and they're like, wow. I I mean, we do Mm -hmm. that. And we're like, we should just slip like a note. Like if you ever sell this house, like let us know. Like think about that. that. Yeah. So it's the same thing. That's true. That's true. Yeah. No, you're smart. You're right. Very interesting. So that's a car. Talked about a house. Anything. So this year has been nuts. Obviously, if you listen to this podcast, I've talked about the craziness of 2020 about a million different times. Um, anything major from this year you're taking away? Just, you know, whatever you want to talk about that you want people to know. Hmm. Just lessons learned. I think this year has been weird because we've all had a lot of time to like reflect. And, you know, it's funny, though. You're one of the few people in my life that I know <laughs> whose life hasn't changed. Dra- like, okay. All of our lives have changed drastically. I shouldn't say that, but you, you still go to work because you work with your family business. So yeah, like okay, guys. for everyone that doesn't know, like DVC ingredients is literally my parents' basement. Yeah, um, it's like badass you know, office basement. Though. Yeah, it's like an office basement. It's like a normal basement. It's a pretty big basement. Um, so I literally drive to my parents' house in the morning, and then I go downstairs and work, and I drive home. And right before COVID, you actually started. I think you. So you used to go to like a nice gym. And then we built the garage gym Mm -hmm. and you started working out with me in the garage, right? I think right before COVID. And then when COVID hit, it was kind of like the obvious, you're going to start working out in the garage because the gyms were closed. Yeah. Um, So it's kind of funny. You kind of transitioned to that. Like, I mean, it's not like you had to stop going to the office like I had to do. Um, So I know COVID maybe hasn't impacted you the most, but is there anything you've taken away this year? I think, or like maybe not like lesson learned, but like... um, (laughs) I don't know things that we like took for granted that I think is inter- I think it's interesting to think about that. Like, what are the things we used to do on a normal basis that we don't do today? Just curious. Huh. Like, hmm, that's kind of a hard question. Nothing's really different for me. I just would say, like, working out in the gym with you. Honestly, I think it's made me in a better shape. Wow, really? Yes, I do. I mean, right? Don't you think so? I, mean, I can go in there without makeup and yeah, I don't have to wear my Lululemons that are squat proof. Like I could wear whatever I wanted. This is one funny thing I will <laughs> say about the garage gym before COVID. Not that I was made fun of, but people would be like, Oh, you're working out in your garage. Like what a loser. Like that was kind of like, people would joke about it a lot unless you like, or maybe into CrossFit because CrossFit, the CrossFit community has kind of made it cool to work out in your garage. But then as soon as COVID hit, we were like the most popular people on the planet. People were willing to pay us money to come work out in our garage. Do you remember that? Right at the beginning of COVID? I feel like it was like always that way. Really? I don't know. I just feel like there are some people that just wish they had a garage gym. And then there was like our neighbors that like, oh, we want to come work out. Oh, like, yeah, this is awesome. You know, true. we have kids. We can't afford to drive 10 minutes to FFC, work out, afford 
you know, pay FFC to watch your kids, which is insane. Sure. Yeah, right. And then drive all the way back. Right, 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 right. I don't know. That's true. Yeah. No, I think I think for me, it's uh, the big thing we've talked about it a few times is um, concerts. I, I miss that. You miss concerts. Like at this point, I'm like, damn, I hope we can go to a country concert next summer. That And that sounds maybe like there's way more things to worry about than like, oh, you, oh poor you, you can't mm-hmm. go to a concert. Yeah. But I kind of miss concerts. Or to be honest, what Trump's concerts, <laughs> I just thought of it. I was oh my God. It. Comedy shows. We, I think, I think, I don't think it's like the comedy that you miss or like the concerts. I think it's like the experience. Yeah. hundred percent. I don't know. I feel like I miss a lot of my friends and I would see my family, but I see them every day. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of my college friends where I could literally just like jump on them and hug them without having to worry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, miss, I mean, do you tell everyone that we got COVID in February? Or we, we, think, think we, did, we think we did, but they hadn't come out with tests yet and stuff. And I my mom told people that no yeah, i started mom, this right after i got i felt better actually oh my mom got so sick like it was really scary and now i'm scared to go do things so i'm scared i'm gonna get her sick again yeah yeah you i miss know? like that like i worry about that like seeing my parents i worry um uh, obviously like it's for me at the holidays it's hard to like see my grandma yeah. can't go hang out with her our extended family that sucks all the grandmas and grandpas in the world um, hey, from a finance perspective, save a lot of money on my makeup. I don't wear makeup anymore. I haven't worn makeup in so long. And now when I wear makeup, I think I look so weird. That's funny. That's <laughs> I think about it. I only like throw on bronzer now, pretty much. I hope, I mean, I would think for the, the vast majority of people this year, you've sit, you've spent less on like eating out and the bars and things that people used to spend a lot of money on and maybe either saved it or at least spent it on things that like i don't know better the house or your health i don't know that's there's it. a lot that's, of that that's a the lot other positive hopefully are taking happen. their free time and I mean, how many people do we know got up just just alone got a peloton this year a lot of people i mean i because i think a lot of people i know you know most people had a gym membership but maybe didn't go that often and now you have a physical thing in your house like that's, that's an, in my opinion now that we have a garage gym that's an improvement because there's less of an excuse not to do something when you have it at your house. Yeah. Don't you feel that way? Oh, uh, yeah. 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 I don't know. My parents got a Peloton. And I used it for the past, what was it, week. And it, guys, <laughs> the reason that they tell you that you could have it for, what, 30 days? And then you, they'll come get it if you return it. Yeah. I'm telling you that I will guarantee their guarantee that you will not return it. Because <laughs> it is so addicting. Oh my gosh. It's just so fun. And I mean, even I was talking to my sister in morning about this. She's like, God, like right when I want to like turn down my cadence and like slow down, they're like, don't you fucking slow down. I mean, like, you can literally pick classes where they swear at you. That's cool. And if you know me, I tend to swear a lot. So just a few times. I like when people are like, keep fucking going. I'm like, yeah, I got this. <laughs> like, I'm not going to stop. And I'm like dying. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's definitely something we'll see in our near future. It's cool. No, it's cool that people have, you know, new ways to hopefully get healthy. I think if anything, this, this whole thing has taught me that, you know, there's way too many people out there that just aren't taking care of themselves. And now that there's like a pandemic, people are obviously and openly worried about their health, which is in my opinion. Good. Like people are, I know more people now that are worried about taking like vitamins and supplements and exercising and eating cleaner and drinking less. 
<laughs> I don't think drinking no, less. That's not no. one. I think maybe people drink more. We've probably drank a Everyone lot. Everyone is going into 2021 with like already set 2020 goals, if that makes sense. Really? What are yours? Yeah, I mean, I'm saying like everyone is being healthy and they're eating vitamins and they're working out because they're stuck at home. Like, I don't know, everyone like, t- like when there's a new year, everyone's like, oh, gotta get fit. Yeah, the new year, new year. And it's like, oh my God, how do you see that person all the time? Now there's a thought. Yeah. Ooh. That's why when everyone asks me my goals every single year, like beginning of the year, like you do. I do. I'm just like, I don't know. Be the best I can be. Yeah. I like that. You know, just every day and treat others as you'd want to be treated. Just a macro focus. Yeah. And I mean, you should always be thinking that. You should always be self-reflecting and making sure that, you know, you'd want to interact with yourself. If someone saw you through their eyes. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does. Um, I don't know. Not a big fan on New Year, New Me goals. No, you're not. No, I'm not. Yeah. It's okay, though. Not everybody is. You don't have to be. Nope. Um, well, we've been recording for an hour. Wow. It always flies by. I know your neck's starting to hurt because we're, we're trying to share one mic right now. So I, I'll spare Shane you. Des- Shane decided to <laughs> put it mostly on his side. What? I think your audio sounds way better than mine. Um, but literally- before we go, I ask a few questions to every single person that comes on here now. It's oh, kind of man. the thing I've been doing for All a little right. bit. So here okay, we go. number one, um, what is your... If you had to just pick one, it used to be just book. Now okay. it's book, podcast, um, you know, TikTok, whatever your like source of knowledge that is like most impactful to you that you tell people about the most. What would that be? You just have to pick one thing. It could be any. It could be anything. But I, you know, I usually leave with book. If you have like a favorite book, that's the best. But if you don't read, then you can do podcasts or something else. I would say it is. So me and Shane bought a. It's like a calendar that you flip every day and it's got quotes from the Bible. Mm. Um, and I like that. I mean, it's not only made me knowledgeable, but it's made me challenge myself and it's made me think about things I could do differently. And I think sometimes when I read quotes from there and I really deeply think about them, I'm like, you know, that'd be really good for so-and-so. I'm going to tell them about it. They're going through some shit. That's cool. You know, so yeah. like the Bible, but not I, the Bible. I think it's more fun to read. I've loved that thing. Yeah, I know you have. Yeah, it's cool. It's just like something. It's a quick, short read. Yeah. And it's like something that sticks in your head or first thing in the morning. It's yeah. It's kind of nice. It's right next to the clock maker. Yeah. Super relatable. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I would say that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you, if anyone wants to read, it's called The Gratitude Jar. It's really good. I had you read that. That's a good one. Yeah. It's a quick read too. It's a very quick read. And it's literally just about ref- I don't want to keep saying reflecting, but it's like just about every day, think about three things that you're grateful for. It's, yeah, it's a total reflection. It will literally but... change your mood. Yeah, everyone, I What's, feel like it's the whole point negative. is basically like um, when you get in the habit of showing gratitude and recognizing the things you're grateful for every day, you start to sometimes there's people who maybe are negative minded, not because they want to be, but because they're just frustrated, overwhelmed. I mean, I can give an example. Okay. I mean, there was a piece in the book that was talking about how, like about laundry. And I mean, God, I swear to God, I have four kids already, guys, because the amount of laundry that Shane gives me is obscene. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, but no, this girl, I mean, in the book, they're talking about, you know, how ways that you can make everything more enjoyable and be grateful. And they would like listen to music while they're doing laundry. So I started doing that. Um, I don't know. I think it's somewhat more enjoyable. You know, there are days. Listening to music while you do something that's not enjoyable made it more enjoyable yeah yeah like and that was like hey i'm grateful for music why don't 
I listen to something that's connecting me with me right now while I do this chore. Right. Got yeah. it. Got it. Yeah, no, no, that's good. Yeah, that, that book was really cool. And it, and it kind of, at the end, not to like give it away, but you, you start to see that like showing gratitude consistently and really if you can do it daily, um, I something I started after I read that book, it's something I do every day. Mm-hmm. You start to just like think about things like you get, you're just grateful and happier about things going on all around you more often. So yeah. that's a good one. Yeah, that's great. Um, the next question is, so obviously you're a very busy person. You do a ton of the day-to-day work, the growth of the company you work for, the family business. You have an awesome husband, but I know he oh he, he really relies on you for a lot of things. And you're definitely the, um, the one that keeps the house afloat. So how do you keep everything front of mind and keep track of things and um, like... I always ask people, you know, what do you use to keep track and to like plan your day? Oh my. And I know you're not a, I know personally, I'll skip ahead a little bit. I know you're not the biggest planner. Like I like to write things down on paper and plan my day. Um, But how do you keep all that in your head and get stuff done? I, okay. Everyone is busy. I don't, I just do it. Like, I feel like everyone, I'm not, I'm not everybody, but most people are like, okay, let's do laundry at like 8 p.m. And then after that, we're going to like cook dinner. And you know, who's like, my friend Taylor is like that. And I love her to pieces, but I'm like, she is so organized. It's insane. Mm -hmm. And I guys, I have ADD, like legitimately doctor diagnosed. And I just think that, you know, if laundry pops in my head, I just go do it real quick. And if I have to place an order for DBC, I just do it real quick. You know what I mean? I just do it. What happens if you forget something though? I don't for I don't really ever forget. You don't things. ever forget. I mean, very rarely. No. Very rarely. Yeah, you have a better memory than if me. I have like a shit ton of things to do, which is like all the time. But if it's like very specific, I'll just like literally take a piece of paper, write it down, or a sticky note, and just like slap it on my computer. You're good though about like. Um... What's the right word? You're good about keeping the big macro important things in that moment. Like I'll give a good example. I'm someone who probably in a lot of ways over plans. Probably I probably like map things out too much. And then I could have spent the time mapping it out to just do one of the things. I definitely will confirm that. Yeah. Like that's (laughs) definitely a flaw of mine that I I try to get better at and I'm working on. But like a good example is we're having some, we're having just a couple friends over for New Year's Eve. And that's like, if, if it wasn't for you thinking ahead and thinking of all the things we needed and having me go get some stuff to set things up a couple days in advance, then the day before or night before or the day of, things would have been really stressful. But like you always, you've been thinking about it for two weeks. And like it's something that you mention something every day. Now, sometimes that overstresses you when it gets close because you want to make sure everything's perfect because you're a good host. But it's funny because I noticed how different we are in that regard. Because for me, I would have needed to like, start writing it down two weeks ago and be like, what's the thing I do today? I know. But the you know thing is, is like, if, you, if I forget something, like it's going to be okay. Yeah. That's we'll called, just use a plastic there, cup. There, like no one's going to die. There's a thing for that. It's called, um, <laughs> oh, and I just lost my train of thought. It's basically like the important shit sticks. Like, like if it's really important. Yeah. You'll my dad says it. that. You'll remember it. Yeah. If it's kind of important and you forget about it, well, that was probably a sign that it wasn't that important. Well, and if you do forget about it and it was important, everything's fixable. Yeah. Like, sure. just do it then. See, I'm someone, I'm like the opposite. Not to, take, not to take your wind, but I, 
I feel like if it's in my head somewhere, it stresses me out. I seem to get it on paper. Like if, if I know everything that I think I need to do in my head is on a piece of paper and it's all organized, then I just feel like I can go and I can hmm. like, I can like let a breath out and I can like chill the fuck out. That I'm not capable of doing that. So <laughs> that's what I'm trying to get you to do some journaling. I think it would help you. No, no? I don't know. Okay. We'll see. So you kind of do it. That's your answer. You yeah. just kind of do stuff. I just do it in the moment if yeah. I can. If I can, I'll kind of, if it's important enough, I remember to do it. And then if I don't do it, it's not the end of the world. Awesome. See, like I am chill. Yeah. In no, that are. regard. No, see, like when you want to work out, you like have to know exactly what you're going to do. And then I just walked to the gym and I was like, let's do some burpees. Let's do some. That's why I always say you'd be perfect for CrossFit. Box jumps, you're ex- you know. You're extremely competitive and CrossFit's, a, it's, they, they, they want it. They want everyone to say that it's not random. It's, um, it's probably so random. Varied. If varied. I'm out of breath and sweating, that's a good workout. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I really that. care what I'm doing. No, I feel that. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. Um, so tell everybody where they can find you. Give, give like a social media handle right instagram tiktok which one's your <laughs> just, on, i'm just an t- instagram gal but you're big on tiktok i like watching tiktok it's very entertaining but you don't really post a lot on tiktok I no notice. i don't no okay so what's but, your instagram um, handle it's kelly dunbar white i'm sure you can go on change profile and oh, see true. me tagged yeah okay so you can find kelly there um any last piece of advice or anything you want to say before we uh, get off here? Yeah, I just hope everyone has a good new year. Be your best self through and through. And I don't know. Good luck. Thank you for listening. Love it. <laughs> Love it. All right. Next time we can do a video. Okay. But no, I'm wait, just this is just audio. No, it's fine. We're doing this the night before New Year's Eve. We've been doing a lot of stuff running around. So thank you for finally coming on the show. I'm pumped to have you. He lured me in with wine, guys. I did. She has a glass of wine. <laughs> this helped. Um, yeah. Well, that's it. All right. Well, thanks, Cal. Appreciate you coming on. Thank I you. love you. And love you um, we'll talk to you guys soon. Say goodbye. Bye. <laughs>